Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio show. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today is, I don't know what it is, but it's um, this is going to be an all-prophetic show that the Lord gave me. And let me just explain before we begin. The way you know if a prophetic word is for you is when you hear it, no matter whose name is attached to it or, or whatever, if you feel like that is God speaking right to you, then that message is also for you. A One word can be for a lot of different people. And I want to say a prayer for everybody before I start. Lord God, I lift up every listener to you within the sound of my voice, no matter when they listen to this podcast. And I pray, Lord God, that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear and that you would open their hearts to receive any of these words that you have for them. We give all praise and all honor to you alone, Jesus, you alone. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Okay, there is a man listening to this show that the Lord has let you know you are supposed to move to another area and take your family. You know where you are supposed to go, but you are stalling. Getting this message to you was a lot of the reason I think the Lord wanted me to do a prophetic show today. The Lord says the reason you're standing still when you're supposed to be moving is that you are having an affair with someone in your area and you don't want to leave them. That's why the Lord told you to move and take your family. When he spoke that to you, you had actually started to plan to leave your wife and family for this other woman. She's younger and vibrant and beautiful, and you want her now and not your wife. Your lust for her beauty has led you astray, just as James 1.14 says. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And by the way, that word enticed in James 1.14 means to bait or to catch by bait. Like when you're fishing and you catch something with bait. To beguile by blandishments, allure, entice, deceive. Dictionary.com defines blandishments as, as an action or speech that tends to flatter, coax, or entice. Sir, the Lord says to you that if you do not get your family moved right away, terrible things are going to happen and you will have to watch them and suffer from them. Some kind of tragedy is coming. It may be to your son and you will suffer just as much, if not more, because you knew to go and did not if you stay. The Lord also wants you to know that if you persist in staying in that adulterous relationship, you will be parted from your wife, but you will wish you weren't because the woman you are seeing will not be faithful to you. She is not faithful to anyone. She is carrying a Jezebel spirit and will make you her slave. She will humiliate you and laugh at you and make a laughing stock of you in the town where you live. You cannot see it now because Jezebel knows how to hide herself behind charm and beauty and sex appeal. But this will happen and you will not be able to undo the damage if you do not heed this warning and heed it now. The Lord says for you to start packing and lead your family like the godly man you were before this affair. 
He says to do it quietly and in that relationship at the last minute. Because that woman is not going to take it well when you dump her. And she will expose everything about you if you do not do it this way. This will not be the Lord's doing. It will be the devil's. Do not tell her where you are moving. And I, my, the impression I got is not even the general area. There is no reason she needs to know where you're going. You are thinking you cannot live without her. The Lord says to tell you that if you will honestly repent before him and do this and get moving on it right now to keep your family from harm, that he will help you with the separation from her. He will give you extra grace to get through that and he will revive the attraction you once felt for your wife. You are thinking that's not possible, but the Lord says to remind you, sir, that he is the God of the impossible. Nothing is too hard for him. Indeed, he says he would do this for many marriages if spouses would seek him in repentance and turn from their sins. If they would start treating their spouses the way he wants them to and instead ask him for help in their marriages. Okay, there's a woman listening to this podcast that you are pretty sure you're supposed to move, but you have no means and no help to do so. <clears throat> the Lord says to tell you, woman of God, that your part is to be ready to move as in pack up now and be ready to go. He says for you to pack lightly that you will not need anywhere near all the stuff you have now. He says you will live a simple life now with simple means as many of your brothers and sisters also will and to use this time until you receive his direction and provision for the move to clean out, pare down, and pack up. And by the way, the Lord is telling a lot of people he's moving them and he is telling a lot of people pack light, travel light. So if you're hearing that, you're not alone. Okay, there's a man listening to this. You are a man after God's own heart. He has even told you as much. That's how you know this word is for you. You know you are being led to move, but you are concerned for your family and what conditions you will be moving them to. The Lord says to tell you, sir, that they are his family too. And because they are also his, the conditions are his problem, not yours, to solve. He said to tell you to get moving. He said that particular term means something between you and him. So get moving. Okay, there's a young woman listening to this. The Lord is trying to move you, but you are resisting him at every turn. You're scared of going someplace new. You're scared for your unsaved family. You don't know what to do or what's going to happen. The Lord says to tell you, woman of God, that he has heard your prayers for your family and he has already ordained a plan to save every last one of them. God is so merciful. He says it won't be all pretty. You know, some people, let me explain that before I finish that sentence. There are some people whose hearts are so hard that he has to use harsher means to get their attention. He explained that to me years ago when he was talking to me about somebody I was interceding for. He said, the harder the nut, the bigger the hammer has to be to crack it open. But what matters most is not what they go through here, y'all. What matters most is where they spend eternity. Going through something hard here for a little while is, yes, it's difficult. But going through everything hard forever in eternity in hell is a lot harder. Can I just say that? Okay, so he says it won't all be pretty, but he will get the job done. He said, everybody feels that way about facing the unknown, but that you will prefer the unknown over what is coming to where you are now. He says, go 
and that you can take your dog to. Okay, there's a youngish man listening to this podcast that you know the Lord is trying to move you, but you have a business locally you don't want to leave. Your wife also is not on board with everything, so she's not a strong believer like you are. The Lord says to tell you, man of God, that he is going to show you it's time to go by reducing the business that's coming in drastically. He says when the business gets to the point it's not enough business to support you or stay open, that's when you are to leave. If you stay where you are, that brook will dry up, he says to warn you of this. Meaning, if when it drops, you think you can, you know, get it to come back up. He said if you do that, that business is going to completely dry up. It's going to completely close down. He says to tell you at the last minute, your wife is still not going to be on board and will likely stay behind because stepping out into the unknown is too uncomfortable for her and she does not have your faith. She also does not know the Lord well enough to trust him to lead her through you. He says for you to go where he is leading you anyway. Okay, the Lord says for everyone who is being led to move, that he says to tell you, I am doing this for your good as well as the good of my kingdom. When you arrive at your destination, you will find I have placed people there strategically to help you and your provision is already ordained. Even if you do not see it at first, just know and trust me that I have done this. And y'all know, y'all know I've done this before. So when the Lord moved me, to Dallas from Sayre, Oklahoma in what year was that? 1998. When he moved me there, I was really scared. I didn't have, I didn't, actually didn't have any money. I had, I think just my charge cards. So I went down there and got a temp job, which was making less than $10 an hour, which, you know, I thought at least that'd pay for my gas because I thought I was going back out into the oil field, which turned out not to be the case. So then I was staying with my dad at the time and that situation quickly became uncomfortable. And um, so I knew I had to find a place. I did not know how I was going to afford a place on what I was making. So God had to do, uh, quite a number of little miracles for me. He had someone give me the deposit in a sealed envelope, uh, and some things like that to help me be able to, he had somebody at work tell me about this apartment that had a lot of space and it wasn't as much money as everything else I was looking at, uh, in the area where I worked, that was a cracker box. And then he had someone give me the deposit and he just one thing after another, he made everything fall into place where I could rent that apartment where I lived for like four years. And I loved that apartment. It was an older property. It was large. It was more quiet. And I really enjoyed living there. So he can do that for you too. He can make the house be open or whatever you need, a job, whatever you need. He will make it be there. How do you think the children of Israel felt when they were walking into that desert? They knew that desert region. They knew there was no food out there. They knew there was no water out there. But they trusted him, and he was leading them through Moses and Aaron. And so they followed and said, okay, you know, this is God. But, uh, you know, a few days into the desert, they're like, hey, did you just bring us out here to kill us? Because we can't tell where the provision is. But he brought the provision, didn't he? Remember that the Lord has children of his all over the place and all he, that all he has to do is speak to one of them to feed you or buy you groceries or give you work. And I experienced those miracles in a number of different places, not just the time he sent me to Dallas. And I was scared, y'all, I was. That was my first wilderness going to Dallas, and I was really scared on that one. 
Now, before that, he told me to get out of debt, which he's told a lot of us this time, too. This time, I listened. That time, I didn't follow it all the way through. I did it for a while, and then I was like, yeah, he probably tells everybody that, and then I stopped. That was a mistake, because that meant later on, when the work dried up, and he was fixing to move me, my, my charge cards went into default. But that was on me, because if I had completely obeyed him, that would not have happened, would it? Okay, there's a man or a woman, I don't know which, listening to this, that you know how late the hour is, and you want the Lord to move you to a place of protection, but you feel he can't or won't because of a sin you've been involved in lately. The Lord says to tell you that nothing in your life is or has ever been a surprise to him and that his grace covers you as soon as you honestly repent. Now, when you honestly repent, you change direction. That's what the word repent means. It means to change direction, go back the other way. So it means to turn away from that sin and leave it far behind you. If you will turn from it, and refuse it starting right now, this minute when you hear this, he said he will move you and protect you too. If, however, you continue to choose your sin over him, he said he will give you over to the judgments and the horrors coming to the earth. It is your choice. The tribulation period, y'all, the, the things that are coming, the judgments, are for the refining of those who refuse to submit before then. They are for the refining there. Yes, he also wants to save the lost, but he wants to refine those who believe in him, but yet won't turn away from, you know, walking with the devil for a lack of a better way to put it. Okay. There's also a young man listening to this show. You look like you're young. I'm not sure your actual age. And you are also unsure whether God is going to protect you. I see that you have issues with drugs. You are trying to do better and you've left and come back to the Lord many times. And now you're not sure if you're saved or not saved, if you're going to heaven, or if you're going to hell or what. The Lord says to tell you, sir, that salvation is through his grace by faith that Jesus, the son of God, died on the cross for the remission of your sins and that God the father raised him from the dead. For you and for anyone else listening that the devil may have convinced to doubt their salvation, let's do a quick review. And remember, faith and doubt are opposing elements. They cannot both exist in the same place at the same time. You're either a believer or you're a doubter. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Ephesians 2.8, and I paraphrased a little bit of that. Ephesians 2.8, For by grace are you saved through faith, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And somebody said once that grace stands for great redemption at Christ's expense. So true. Second Corinthians 7.10 For godly sorrow works repentance to salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. This means we need to repent of our sins so we can be saved, okay? Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So Romans 10, 9 says, believe and confess. And the Greek word translated confess here is homologeo. And it means to speak openly about, to confess and to not deny. So basically this means you talk about the Lord to other people. 
Acts 16, 31, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. So we need to believe that Jesus is the son of God, that God raised him from the dead after he was crucified for our sins. We need to repent of our sins and we need to, to truly believe that that's who he is. And we need to confess with our mouth, talk to other people about Jesus, you know. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. Notice it did not say he who is not baptized is not saved, but he who does not believe. A lot of people have asked me about baptism. This scripture answers that question. And this is, let me go back and get you the reference. Mark 16, 16. He that believes and, and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. So, you have to believe to be saved. That's the gift of God, that if we believe, we will be saved. And Acts 16, 31, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved in your house. By the same token, let's look at why we should be baptized. And especially in this time we live in and one we're stepping into when a judgment could take our life literally any moment of any day. Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So why do we need the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's look at the Bible and see what his purposes are. Who is the Holy Spirit? It's the Spirit of God. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Okay, so he's a teacher, he's a comforter. And bring all things to your remembrance, so he reminds you of things, whatsoever I have said unto you. Okay, so from this verse, we can see the Holy Spirit comforts us. He teaches us about the Lord and his kingdom. And he reminds us about things the Lord or his word have said to us. Okay. And someone emailed and asked, how do you get the Holy Spirit? How you get the Holy Spirit generally is you have someone who has it lay hands on you and pray for you to get it. Uh, my mom, many years ago when she was alive, when she lived in Oklahoma, she was not part of a church. She was working all the time and she wanted that gift very badly. She wanted the Holy Spirit and she wanted to be able to speak in tongues. The evidence that you have it is you speak in other languages that you don't know. Um, and so... She prayed one night. She said, Lord, she got down on her knees. That was when she still could. And she said, Lord, I am not getting up out of this floor until you give me this. The, the word says I can have it and I want it. And I don't have anybody to lay hands on me and pray for me. So I'm asking you to, to give it to me. And she stayed there and she said, I think she said it was like 10 minutes and she got it. Uh, I got it by someone laying hands on me and praying for me. So you can do it either way, but I'm sure I believe the biblical way is somebody lays hands on you and imparts it to you. But be careful who lays hands on you because if they have bad spirits in them too, you might get those. So be sure it's a very godly, devout person is what I'm saying. Don't be afraid of everybody. But Ephesians 3, 16 and 17, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That means the Holy Spirit strengthens your inner man. Do we ever need that? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. So the Spirit also strengthens our inner man and makes us stronger on the inside and helps us to walk in love. Galatians 5.16 This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if we walk through our lives filled with the Holy Spirit and live godly lives, 
won't, we won't give in to the temptations of the flesh all the time. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit, this, is, this shows that the Spirit is with you too. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which means you can endure suffering for a long time. Gentleness, goodness, faith. If you've ever met somebody who's just like they're humble and they're so full of love for everybody and they're, there's peace all around them and they're real gentle-natured and they have a lot of faith, that is somebody who's got the Spirit because that's where that comes from. So if we are filled with this, these fruits of His Spirit dwelling in us will be evident and obvious in our lives. Okay, I know from the emails that I'm getting and the comments that I'm getting that everybody's a little freaked out right now because everybody can see what's happening in the world. We can see what's happening and we can see what's coming. It's like, it feels to me a lot like standing on a train track and you can see the big train speeding towards you, but you can't do anything to move out of the way. We know the time period that we're living in and the Lord has told us that, you know, this has to be fulfilled so I can bring you home. And we know that the judgments are going to start falling. And some of us will be here for a little while to witness to other people. And some people will be here a lot longer because they've refused to submit to refining. God needs to refine them. I, I pray I'm not one of those people. I hope I'm not. Um, I would like to tell you there's nothing to fear or be anxious about. But the truth is, that's it's you know, it's not calming stuff that we're looking at. This is freaky stuff. And... I think we just have to realize and we have to, we have to realize what we're looking at. And we, what I've been doing is I just go aside with the Lord about once a day and say, Lord, okay, I'm getting anxious about this. I need you to take this off of me and just help me to be calm because we cannot stop what's coming and he will not stop what's coming because he wants us to be able to be home with him. And so what we need to do is pray and ask the Lord, we cast our burden on him, ask him to take the burden off of us. And to help us to have peace about it. And when I asked him for that, when I prayed that, he did, this great peace just came over me like, hey, it's cool. Everything's going to be all right. You can pray for your family's protection. You can fast. Um, you can read the word. Read the word. Reading the word always brings, you know, peace and serenity. To me, it does anyway. And you can listen when he tells you to move. If he tells you to start packing, just do what he says. He's trying to move you where you're in a more protected area, okay? And he's moving a lot of people right now. I mean, I've never seen so many people moving. Where I live in Arkansas, homes are selling so fast. It's just unbelievable. I have friends who are trying to move from another state to this area. And by the time they call their realtor about a house that just popped up on the website, it's already sold. And my friend... Grace was trying to get a hold of her realtor today. And when she finally got a text back to her, the woman told her that she had nine offers to type up today and was showing a house when she had texted her. And that's why she couldn't answer right back. And that's an hour and a half from here. I mean, how I heard that in my town that houses are selling as fast as they hit the market. I guess I assume because this is supposed to be a safer area, the Ozark Mountains, for some reason. And also, because of the wildlife and the proximity to a lake and rivers and stuff, it's probably easier if you have to survive in the wilderness, uh, assuming you can fight off the mosquitoes and the ticks, because you would have to fight those to live out here. But, uh, y'all, I don't, I don't have any great words of wisdom about what's happening, because it's just scary stuff. I don't know any other way to put it. 
and the Lord's been showing me stuff and some of these words that he's been giving me this week, I'm just kind of stunned after he gives them to me and I type them up. I just kind of sit there stunned for a while, realizing that it's about to happen. And, you know, I have to pray and ask him to, to take that burden off of me. And if you'll do that, he will take it. He'll carry it and he'll give you peace about it because there's really nothing we can do to affect it. It has to happen so that the Lord can destroy the wickedness that's in the world. That's the only way that that can be done is for everything to come to an end. It's not pretty. It's not going to be pretty to watch. I'm sure it's not going to be pretty to be here. But, you know, he has said that he's going to take a bunch of people home. So I don't know which way that's going to happen. I don't know if he's just going to take them home or if it's going to be through disasters. I don't know how that's going to happen because he has not told me and I don't want to speculate on that. And, you know, realize that if you are alive in this time, you were chosen to live in the end of the end times. And I think that is probably a pretty big honor. That means that the Lord trusted you to live in this time and do kingdom work and not deny his name. So if he believed that we could do this, who are we to say that we cannot? Just, you know, do the best you can and keep it together. That's all we can do. Because we don't know. You know. He may take you home tomorrow. He may take me home tomorrow. We don't know. Before I close this, I want to offer an invitation to anybody that wants to be saved. That all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. And I'm telling you, he will change your life. He will rock your world. You haven't seen your world rock till you've accepted Jesus. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the son of God who died for my sins. And, and Father God raised you from the dead. And I offer you my life right now and my life service. Come into my heart, wash me clean, and show me how to live a new way. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you accepted Jesus, welcome to the family of God. It's a big family, y'all. It's a big family. Lord, I lift up every listener to you right now, and I pray, Lord, you would help them to have peace in their hearts about what's coming, that you would just give them peace and determination to endure whatever each one of us has to endure myself included that we would not deny you but we would stand as strong bold witnesses for you as the persecution rises up against us and we know that's coming and i pray lord you would give us the grace and the courage to walk through whatever is our part show us where we need to go if we're supposed to move and give us clear instructions lord thank you for providing for us in those places in jesus name amen please bless every one of the listeners lord every one of them Bless them and help them. Thanks for listening. Jesus bless you. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60. Glencoe, Arkansas, 72539, or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Does your life feel like it's falling apart around you? Are multiple things going wrong all at once? 
Does it seem all your comforts have been stripped away? You may have entered the wilderness. Wilderness experiences are oftentimes of great discomfort and lack. Every Christian must pass through the desert on the way to their promised land. Find out how to go from surviving to thriving by partnering with God as He leads you in the path that will strengthen your faith and prepare you to step into your destiny. The Wilderness Companion will help you find out why you have been led into the wilderness. Find out the biggest hindrances to receiving the provision you need in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Learn how to partner with God in His purposes for you in the desert seasons. Get your copy of The Wilderness Companion today. The Wilderness Companion by Glinda Lomax on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, or audiobook. Have you heard? The 2016 and 2017 messages have been published in book form. Even those who do not profess a belief in God can see something is amiss in the world around us. What is coming for our world in these last days? What does the Lord want us doing while we're waiting for His glorious reappearance? Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night each contain approximately 200 prophetic messages and visions from the throne room of God telling what is coming to America and the world in these end times. The Lord has always warned nations when they were headed for destruction. He has always warned His own people. Are we also being warned? Get your copy of Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night, available now on Amazon.com. What is in store for the once great and mighty nation of America in these end times? What is the living God saying to the people of America now? What could possibly be in store for a nation that once trusted in God, but has changed its path from following in the living God's ways to now removing Him from everything and walking the other way? In the book, No Longer Mind, you will find all the messages to America collected in one place in chronological order. No Longer Mind, Messages to an Unrepentant Nation is now available in print at wingsofprophecy.com in the bookstore tab. Get your copy of No Longer Mind today.